Hey, Rob Bradford here. You guys know I'm always up for a good MVP story, and one of the best stories is Wasabi Technology. Wasabi is the world's hottest cloud storage company, and it's become the go-to provider for professional and collegiate sports teams, including 20 major league baseball teams like the Red Sox and NHL teams like the Bruins and Vancouver Canucks. Even the Liverpool Football Club is getting in on the Wasabi action. So why is Wasabi the MVP? Well, Wasabi was purpose-built to free businesses from skyrocketing storage costs and unpredictable transaction fees that the Amazons of the world are charging. In fact, Wasabi is up to 80% less than those hyperscalers and doesn't charge a cent for businesses to access their data. From Wasabi's AI-enabled intelligent media storage, Wasabi Air, to the industry's only cloud storage service with triple protection against cyber criminals, data deletion, and ransomware, Wasabi's taking the lead in driving innovation in data storage and helping sports teams to unleash the power of their data. Wasabi, another Boston-based champion team. This is the High Hopes Podcast. High Hopes. It's a bunch of baseball nerds talking about the Philadelphia Phillies on Radio.com and Sports Radio 94 WIP. Yo! It is another edition of the High Hopes Podcast. And can I say, Jack Fritz, the mm-hmm. last High Hopes Podcast before the Phillies are Playing baseball again, baby. James, you said a lot of sweet words, but nothing has ever been as sweet <laughs> as what you just said. Oh, I'm so excited, man. I'm so Jack. Uh, 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 inside baseball, letting everyone know. Jack came into my studio today and said, "So, emergency podcast Sunday night." <laughs> <laughs> Legit, because I know, I know, like, I know. I, w- I know. If- if I was if I was running this podcast like you are running this podcast, I would have a podcast. I would have a podcast up by I don't know four o'clock on Sunday afternoon. Um, dude, honestly, so I was I was in an Uber today, and I was going somewhere, and all I could help but think about was like we're legitimately three days away from baseball. Ah. Uh, uh. We're so freaking close. Like, sure, sure, sure. Nick Pavetta is a game one starter, and I will. Get, I listen. You you can't you can't tell me he's not a game one starter because he's definitely a game one starter. Um, but we have. Well, to well, Pavetta. let's tell everyone too. You you text me before the Uber ride and said, "I got to tell you, man, I'm so excited to talk Phillies baseball." And I said, "When aren't you, Jack? When aren't you?" And I said, when I'm nine feet under. <laughs> and then I was like, you mean six feet? <laughs> well, you know, some some people have to be buried uh, lower than other people. So yeah, it's true. You, you can't prove that wrong. Um, uh, it's true. I, what I'll say is I am genuinely tired and beat. And it has been a long day. The trial of Joe DeCamera and all that. And... I don't care. I just want to talk Phillies with you. Like I don't care Dude. how tired I am. I don't care. It's all good. Um, Listen, I'm, I, I am filled with life right now, Jack. I feel the same way. Uh, the trial of Judah Camera was hilarious. It was pretty good. And and like, all right. So I already have my plan for Sunday. Uh, I'll probably get a nice crisp walk in the morning, and then <laughs> like an old man, I like that. It's on brand. And 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 around one o'clock, I'm gonna listen, James. 
James, have I ever lied to the High Hopes listeners? No, nor would you ever, nor would we ever, because we love them. Like, genuinely deep in my soul, I can't explain, I can't put into words how much I love the High Hopes listeners. Like, Zoe is obviously, like, tops, but it's not that far behind. It's, it's less far behind than it should be. I'll say that. I wasn't like we walked into this thinking like oh I can't wait to meet our fans but like I genuinely love her. <laughs> Me too. I, well, and I what love... we did on IOPS night like we both went to each other and we're like, holy crap, we have the best fans in the world. Like they're amazing. All the people we met were awesome people, normal, wonderful, cool people. It was uh, it was awesome. Yeah, and listen, I cannot wait. We're gonna. Have, listen, I could do a high hopes night once a month. But Me too. By the way, High Hops Night might be the thing I've been most excited for in my life. Ever. High Hops Night is going to be amazing. It's it's in production right now. Um, I have a direct source with the company and with the head honcho over there at, at the High Hops. <laughs> direct at, source. At, I like the way you phrase that. It's good. You got a connection. Four, at, right. At Four Fingers Brewing Company. And the High Hops IPA was in production the other day. Yeah, you might, Very, know, you might know the the guy there. You might. Yeah. Well, listen, my dad, not the biggest baseball guy, but all I said was, listen, I need this to be the best baseball beer of all time. And I I hope that we are working towards that goal. Well, I love that you're like Ross is in on high hops. And I'm like, who's Ross, Jack? (laughs) (laughs) I love referring to my parents as (laughs) as their first name. I know. I found that out. It was good. Yeah. Well, I feel like I feel like now that I'm post 25 and closer to 26 than i'm turning 25 by the way 26 has got to be the oldest age of all time like dude like i'm turning 39 this year jag come on god you're so cooked (laughs) i know man you're so washed i know i know it's all downhill man it's all you're so close to you're so you're so close to 40 you don't think i have it don't think i haven't had a few moments like wow like yeah 40 it's coming I have noticed. I have noticed an uptick in your gray hairs. Honestly, <laughs> me too. I'm not even kidding. Me too. Like there will be like some pictures. Like Emily will take a picture of like me and Zoe, and then show me the picture, and I'll be like, "Oh my god, is that what I look like? <laughs> what is going on right now?" Listen, I didn't want to be. Able, I didn't want to be the one to, to break it to you. <laughs> yes, but you yeah, did. Don't it, lie. It, it, you totally wanted to be the one. Don't lie. Can I have another take on James's body features? Please. That's why we're here, Jack. <laughs> That's why we're here. I mean, come on. I tell you what, buddy. Um, I may be shedding pounds, but you are you are grinding towards having a better gut than me. Oh, you know what it is? I've been drinking a lot of beer lately. Hey. A lot of beer lately. What can I say? Listen, beer is great. Trying to pack that gut together. And can we be fair? I might be way older than you, but my gut is nowhere near yours. Let's be uh, real. Listen, I have a fantastic gut. <laughs> Your gut is strong. Yeah. Strong. Just, listen, I, 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 I made this gut the way it is. I'm well aware. <laughs> I'm, I'm well aware of where my uh, gut is. Uh, what hey. about Bryant, Led? I mean, come on. Have we just given up? No, I'm down ten pounds. I've literally <laughs> lost. I've I've lost ten pounds since the start of of, of Brian Lett. I've been the same weight for like fifteen years, so I'm okay. How? 
How? Doesn't will, doesn't your metabolism get slow as you get older? You level off, man. You find your you find your your homeostasis and you stick mm. to. It. I've been between you, 165 and 175 legitimately for like 18 years or something. Dude, that's how much you weigh? Yeah. Dude, I've been one that I've been been 175 <laughs> since like <laughs> freshman year of high school, honestly. See, so let's let's not throw slander about guts just yet. All right. Well, <laughs> listen, you're you're slowly creeping towards 224 where I'm at right now. Yeah, I'm going to be dead soon, so that's really all that matters, right? I mean, how, come on. How am I 225 pounds? Are I'm you 40. really? Wow. You are taller than me, which is, you know. But, man, Jack, you can do better. It's a lot of muscle, though. <laughs> <laughs> how am I supposed to continue with the podcast after that? That's up to you, man. I'm ready to move on. Anyway, so <laughs> anyway, let's talk Phillies. I've been thinking a lot about Sunday, and like, I understand people being excited for opening day, and I understand people being like, "Oh, can't wait for opening day down in Miami," and then I can't wait for the home opener at 3:05. I I decided today that I'm taking off for the home opener. I think we should do something for the home opener. Well, um, I don't. I don't have to take off, so I'm in. Yeah, that is a bold move. I like that. By you? No, I decided that, like, dude, I'm. I need to be at the ballpark. Well, anyway. I'll be there. I'm done at two, so I'm in. So I was thinking. I was thinking about Sunday, and I was like, dude, I don't care. I don't care if it's 25 degrees out. My windows are going to be open. I'm going to have Fransky, LA, and Franz, and it's a three man booth. Ooh, is it really going to be a three man booth? Is that really yeah. just? Is that wishing no, that? Any- oh, it's nice. No. I like yeah, that. We're gonna have, we're gonna have a three man booth. I don't care if it's twenty five degrees out. I don't care if I'm shivering. I'm gonna have the windows open, radio blaring. I guess I can't have beer at this point, but I would like to have a beer. Ah, eh, you're gonna have beer. Let's be real. I mean, it's a baseball game. Like, there's nothing more I, I want. Th- in the world. I think once the season starts, it's over. Like, you know. I, I listen, listen. Here's where I met on Brian Lent is that I have, I am fully committed to losing 21 pounds for the 21 million dollars it would have cost. But like it's, we all it's, know the deal. Let's be real. Where where we're at. Once Bryce Harper said uh, it's not happening, I think we knew it wasn't happening. It hurt. honestly, the statement by Bryce hurt. It hurt. I know. <laughs> I love. They got to Bryce. You know, they, they got, got to him. Bryce. Uh, they got the price. They got the price. It's okay. Uh, I am still committing to lose the, the 21 pounds because I want to hold um, John Middleton accountable. But, like, I don't know how I'm supposed to watch baseball and not have a beer in my right hand. Well, especially when, you know, there's going to be a beer made for us. I mean, come on. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Come on. Look, I mean, as soon as I, that's the as soon- dream, right? I mean, that's the dream. As soon as I lose the 21 pounds, I am going to have beer. I love it. Well, yeah, I've been, I'm all in. I'm all in. I believe in you. I believe in you, Listen, buddy. Listen, I've lost 10 pounds already. How low can he go? It's <laughs> a good question. Well, let's find out. Let's find out. Honestly, James, James, once again, we mentioned it five minutes ago. Never lie to the High Hopes listeners. I've enjoyed eating pretty healthy. Wow, really? Yeah, I've enjoyed it. I thoroughly enjoyed it. I am ready to turn over a new leaf. I'm proud of you, buddy. Much like much like the Phillies are ready to turn over a new leaf, I too am ready to turn over a new leaf. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's dive in. 
You're laughing way too hard at that. Uh, are you, not, well, taking, well, are you not taking my plea seriously? I'm, I'm very not, but that's okay. As long as you take it seriously, right? I mean, that's all that matters. Listen, what do you have? One kid? <laughs> one kid, yeah. Only one. One and done. That's my philosophy. I'm a one and done guy. Hey, hey. I was a one and done kid, and look how great I turned out. <laughs> oh no! You telling me I should have another kid, Jack? Is that what the takeaway is? No, nah, you can you can take that as much as you want to take it. But as a one and done guy, I think I turned out pretty well. You did. I I, I it's uh I would say it's a more of a positive argument than a negative argument. Mm, I would agree. Yes. All right. Let's dive in. Uh, we'll get to uh back to the luxury tax thing in a minute because, um. Can we? I would like to start a public petition for Andy McPhail to never be allowed to speak in public ever again. But let's start with JT. I think that's probably the, the most pressing news of the moment. JT Romito losing his arbitration um, against the Phillies' arbitration argument. Um, it People kind of seems like took it way too seriously, Jack. Should, should people not be freaking out right now? You want to talk people off the ledge here? All right. Listen, I don't, I, I get it. Like, oh, they're totally cheapening out. They're, they're cheapening out JT Romito. That's just, it's not the case. It's not the case. Like for as much as people melt down, it's like they submitted their number. JT submitted their number. There's no middle ground. Like that's, so not that's how baseball works. That's how baseball it's how, works. It's how baseball works. It's they're not alienating JT Realmito. Like JT is fine. He is walked into this knowing that it's a business. Like everyone And he even on- said, even said when he was going for that number, he's like, This is not for me. This is I'm setting a precedent. I'm trying to, you know, do like this is a players union thing. This is for other players. I'm trying to set a precedent here. He's trying to set a precedent. He is he is like he he walked into that press conference or he walked into the arbitration meeting. The Phillies like here's what I find so funny. The Phillies side has openly said that that JT Realmuto is the best catcher in baseball and they don't want him to go anywhere. Both Joe Girardi and Matt Klentek have said that. JT Realmuto has said I want to spend my career in Philadelphia. Like it's so funny how JT said like like the direct quote was I would love to spend my career in Philadelphia. I also know I'm a year away from free agency. And then he ended it with, I don't want to go anywhere. <laughs> like, like I just I just want to – I feel like this is a PSA. I feel like it's one of those things. Like, you don't give up Sixto Sanchez for for two years of JT Romuto. Like, you just – no team is realistically doing that. So, if you're freaking out about JT, if you think there's any shot that JT is going to leave, if you, if you think any of that, the Phillies did not trade – their best pitching prospect, the pitching prospect that could have paired with Spencer Howard, Aaron Nola, Zach Wheeler, uh, they didn't trade that away not to sign J.C. Romito to a, a, to a legit extension. So, um, yes, Jake Arrieta is coming off the books next year. I, I pretty much assume that J.C. Romito is fitting right into the Jake Arrieta uh, missing money on next year's book. I would say the Phillies are not messing up here. JT is not messing up here. Uh, they are they're going to come to a conclusion, and he's going to be a Philly, I think, for the rest of his career. 
Yeah, at least certainly for the rest of his meaningful career while he's a, a impact player. Look, Ed, we just talked about the Bryce Harper thing. I think the two big takeaways from those Bryce Harper comments were, one, Chris Bryant's not coming here right now. Like, who knows what happens at the deadline? Who knows what happens down the road? But right now, Chris Bryant isn't coming here. But the other big takeaway was that JT Romito's going to be here for a long time. Like, he made a point of saying, like, JT's going to be here for a long time. We're going to get JT signed up. Like, he basically said that. Like, almost verbatim so yeah um i have honestly like it sounds ridiculous but zero percent worry that jt romito is not going to get signed a long-term contract literally zero i i feel as confident as confident about that as i do about anything with the phillies so i'm with you and again for those who are kind of look we haven't the Phillies haven't been good for a while, so there are a lot of people who look at these arbitration things and haven't really had to, to focus on them for a while, haven't really had to think about, you know, these, oh, arbitration, whatever. This is baseball. This is what happens. Every single offseason, teams go against their best players and say, he deserves this, and the player says they deserve that, and they go to court, and that's what happens. Like, it is just the way, and to be fair, I don't think it's the best system. Like, I'm not a huge fan of the arbitration system and the way it works and all that. I don't love the concept of pitting the player and the and the team against each other and all that. But that's just what it is. It's what it is. I will be, I will be floored. I will be as shocked about anything as I have with the Phillies in as long a time as I can remember if JJ Romito is not signed to a long term contract in the generally near future. Yeah, if Romito is not even signed. I would say if he's not even signed by the mid-season. trade deadline. Yeah, mid-season. I totally agree with you. I would I would melt down at that point, but I, I fully expect this team to, to pay what it takes to get Jay Romito here. I, they I have just, to. Like, they almost don't have a choice. Like, they've yeah, almost been painted into a corner. And the nice thing about J.T. Romito um, and the, the possible extension that's coming is, is that – as a long proponent of the DH coming to the National League, mm-hmm. um, it, it makes a lot of sense. Like I like that, pay, Jack. Can, can you, you say can, that again? I I might have missed that. I, just uh, wanna... I don't think I should because I'm worried that you can cut it. I'm worried cut that, that you... audio. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't want that to happen at all. But like, if you can get Real Muto and you can have him be the first baseman, Hoskins be the like in in a in a perfect world. You could have Real Muto be the first baseman for a couple of days. Hoskins is the DH, or Bohm is Bom- the DH. Ah, oh, it's perfect. Like it, it just it just helps this team so much to where honestly, uh, of all the teams in the Nat- like, and again, things change quickly in baseball. But right now, if you took every single team in the National League and said who does the DH coming to the National League help the most, the Phillies would absolutely be one of the two or three teams you mentioned immediately. Like it yeah. just helps them the most. Like it is what it yeah. is. I'm thinking about them. I'm thinking about the Rockies. Yeah, there are like a couple teams that you would mention, but they are right there at the top of the list. For fantasy value, I just want a Ryan McMahon to have an everyday job. And oh, tell me about it, buddy. And uh, tell me, have, I've I've lo- I've owned Ryan McMahon far too much for far too many years here, like three years in a row. I've been like, this is the year. He should be good. He should. I be think good. so He's too. Can't, he can't play a defensive position, but that's enough Rockies in this podcast. Yeah. Well, what can you do? Sometimes, you go down, sometimes <laughs> big Garrett you go Hampson the, uh, guy from a fantasy sometimes, perspective. Sometimes you go down the uh, what was the uh, man? What was their bomber's name? It was like the 
their bomber's name? Oh, the Blake Street Bombers. Yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, gotcha. Come on, man. I thought I you were talking. About... Well, I thought you were talking about a specific player. It was like the Arenado, like Larry Walker. Are we going old school? Um, yeah, no. I, look, I'm with you. And also, I think the thing with Romito too is that. As far as it goes, it's always going to be some sort of a a risk to sign a catcher at that age to a long-term deal. But as we've talked about many times, like Romito is kind of an exception in a number of ways. First and foremost, just way more athletic than than 99.9% of catchers we've seen in our lifetime. And more so, he's someone who doesn't have the same wear and tear. He's not played catcher his whole life. Like, that matters. That matters. The fact that he was a shortstop, the fact that he doesn't have the same type of just wear and tear on those knees, the same type of, you know, like I, I do think that is something that when you're talking about something as important as signing someone to a long-term deal does matter. Like I really do. And you see guys like, look, the, the history says that catchers can't say that position that long, whatever, but there are exceptions. Like Yadier Molina is still freaking catching and still doing a good job of it from a defensive perspective. Like there are guys who can kind of be exceptions to that rule. And I think that when you look at the makeup of Romito from an athletic perspective, from a history of what he's done, of what he's done to his body perspective, I think that he's someone that I, uh, comparative to other catchers, he is on the, the tippy top of the list in terms of someone who I would be willing to bet can play that position through another deal, like another long-term deal that he would sign. Yeah, I, I totally agree. I mean, he was a high school quarterback. He played shortstop his whole high school career and just started catching super late into late into his high school career slash uh, minor leagues. And, yeah, like he I, – I totally – I couldn't agree more. I think he is a an exception to the rule. And I think he, I think he will will be the value that 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 contract commands. He's going to be the highest pay catcher in baseball, I would think. Um, and I, I just, I'm not afraid giving him that money because I think that he will hold his value there. I don't think it's going to be one of these things where he can only catch for two years. I don't think it's going to be a Posey. I don't think it's going to be going to be a Joe Mauer. Like he's going to be a guy that can, can that can stick there. And and with with the DH probably coming to the National League, it should theoretically only help his value. And hopefully by that point, um, Andrew Knapp is not the only option. For, for, oh God! For, hopefully for by catcher. next week, he's not the only option for backup catcher. Listen, stop, stop, pick, stop picking on Andrew. It he came plays. up on the air this week somehow. I don't remember what caller brought it up, but the fact. I mean, I know we've heard it a million times, but the fact that Bellinger went right after it it's just it's the definition of a kick in the nuts it is such a kick in the nuts but um I, i'm i'm 100 with you on Ramito. also i do think that and you and i i think are probably you know we we are fans of analytics we're fans of of using those types of things and and forward thinking all that but i do think that there is also an element to Romito that you and i are both believers in that that we believe in culture we believe in leadership we believe in those types of things mattering in baseball and he's like that dude like he is that dude he is that guy who sets a tone he's that guy who makes a difference he's that guy who grinds in terms of of you know getting pitchers ready preparing for games like setting an example all that type of stuff i i legitimately think that matters 
Yeah, I think I think he's our generation's Dutch. Uh, I I mean, obviously he's your he's definitely your generation's because you're old. <laughs> you're such an ass. <laughs> I, knew, I mean, I get. I I, get I knew it. I knew it was coming, and it was still you know <laughs> still, still stung, still stung a little bit. Um, so I didn't I didn't get to watch Dutch, but Dutch is Dutch is probably the Philly like I'm, I'm of the Phillies I wish I could have seen play. It goes, it goes Schmidt, Dutch, Boone, uh, Pete Rose would have been, would have been cool to see for a couple of years. Yeah. End of his career, but totally. Um, uh, Carlton. I would have loved to watch Carlton. Of course. Richie Ashburn, um, Dick Allen, like of, of the Phillies. I wish I could have seen Chuck him. Klein. Yeah, I guess so. No, I know. Rob, I guess Robin Roberts. Robin Roberts Robert should be on the list, especially for you. I mean, Robin Roberts was a take the ball every other day kind of guy. Listen, I wish I could be that guy. I know. Now, now at the point where it takes me a whole freaking week just to feel like I can pitch again. And then <laughs> by, by the time I feel 100%, it's like, oh, you got to go out there again. Um, So Dutch is like the guy. I, like, I, I – for as old and decrepit as you are, I am jealous that you got to watch the '93 team. Like I'm, I'm. Thank forever you. I jealous. appreciate that. It it was until oh wait, it was easily far and away my favorite team in my lifetime. It wasn't even close. And in some ways, it's still my favorite team just because of how unexpected it was, how fun they were, um, you know, just how kind of, you know, just. Out of nowhere, that happening. And you're right. Dutch was, he was my favorite player on that team, no question. He wasn't the best player. I mean, Dykstra, you know, ass, whatever he is, like that dude was, dude, no pun intended, but he was amazing. Like he just was that guy. But Dutch was my favorite player on that team for so many reasons. And he was the leader of that team. He was the heart of that team. He was the guy who really set the tone. And I, I do, I think it's a really fair comparison with Romito. I think Romito actually a, a more talented baseball player to be blatantly fair like maybe not as much of a um uh you know middle of the order bat type of guy even though he, he's a really good player but all around Romito's a better player than Dodgers. yeah and i i just think that i think that the the team like we talked about this a lot last year but bryce and jt and these guys who were brought in kind of out and, and andrew mccutcheon like these guys were brought in from other organizations to to form this kind of leadership thing here in Philadelphia, that takes a while to, to kind of, to kind of settle in and JT Bryce McCutcheon until he got hurt last year. Like that was a trio of guys that, that felt like the leaders of this team. And now you have a whole spring training, you have a whole spring training of JT Romito catching these pitchers and, and being fully comfortable, being fully versed in where these guys are like, I, I don't think that can be can be overstated enough. I, I think that JT is going to bring a whole nother level of leadership. I think I think I saw a John Clark story this week about how the players in this team view JT Realmuto as their leader. And I just think that is so, so massive for this team because he's not an outsider. He was here all last year. He is the catcher of the baseball team. He is the best catcher in baseball. And the players on that team respect what JT Romito brings to the table. I, It's going to be a massive JT year. It's going to be a massive Bryce year. And it's, it's, nice, it's nice having that leadership 
already planted and 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 ready to succeed. Here. Yeah, well, especially when you add in the Girardi factor, right? I mean, we've talked so much about what Girardi is going to bring from a professionalism standpoint, from a change in the culture standpoint, but also a former catcher, you know, someone who's, I think for real Muto, more than anybody was kind of, you know, felt like he was kind of alone in what he was doing from a leadership perspective last year. Now he has a guy who understands him and understands what he does on the deepest of levels and really is, a, you know, Girardi was basically Romuto, just less talented, like the same type of guy, the same type of player in terms of the way he went about his business and all that. And I think as a manager, is a very similar attitude. I, I just don't think it can be understated how much the culture, the professionalism, the um, just kind of accountability that's going to be in that locker room. I, I again, I think that, you know, they, oh, managers don't mean that many wins in baseball. I think in this particular case, coming off Gabe, going to Girardi and the culture in that locker room with the guys already there, I just think it is. I think it's going to matter. I think it's going to mean, you know, six, five, six, seven, eight more wins for this team. I really do. And I just think it's a really good fit. I think it's a really good fit from manager to players to all that. So, um, all right. Speaking of which, uh, speaking of, of good fits, let's let's flip to a bad fit because I mentioned it before, but Jack, I'm really reaching my boiling point, my breaking point with hearing Andy McPhail's voice. <laughs> you know, we gave a little uh, credit for that. We gave a little credit for that press conference, you know, but my man, just stop talking. Stop saying things. How many times have we said on this show, how dumb would it be if the Phillies' philosophy is, oh, we'll just wait till the All-Star break and then go over the luxury tax? Welp, Andy McPhail said that's what they're doing, Jack. <laughs> that's that's the Dude. deal. That's and the, like, the quote-unquote plan. Can we uh, – I, I honestly I, – there was, there was a couple things that I saw where it was like, oh, this actually makes sense. It's like, can we can we just please take this to the next level? Like, on the surface, sure, it makes sense. Like, oh, you want to wait till the deadline and then spend the money, and then you'll see what happens. It's like, hey, why not? Crazy idea. Why not <laughs> spend the money in the off season, go over the luxury tax, and then guess what? By that point, your team's probably in better shape. And you can go even more over it. I don't know if the Phillies know this or not, but there's no there's no additional pen, penalty to going over it until at least like two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah. So you have all that leeway to where you you can just go over the luxury tax, and it's not some kind of meltdown status. So, yeah, and McPhail, you know, it was I guess I don't know. It was nice to hear him say that we are not. Yeah, of course. But it's, it's, dude, that's such poor management. It's such poor planning. The idea that, again, you could have 90 more games of whatever player you're going to get if you just went over before. Like, it, it, you could be in such a better position at the deadline. Instead, they just want to hedge their bets. They want to wait. They want to, like, make sure. And that's, I'm sorry, that's weak. It's soft. It It's incredibly disappointing. I agree. Look, would I... Would I be more upset if, if Andy McPhail said, oh, well, you know, luxury tax, you know, no matter what happens, we, we really don't want to go over that. Of course, I'm happy he said that, you know, at the trade deadline, I'm sure we'll go over it, but it's still weak, man. It still doesn't, 
it, it doesn't inspire confidence in me. And again, look, I, it shouldn't. We don't believe in Matt Klintag. We don't believe in Andy McPhail. So I'm not surprised that I'm not inspired. But, I mean, it's so weak, man. It is so weak. It's not the way you build. It's not the way you inspire confidence in a clubhouse, and a team, whatever. It's like they're clearly hedging their bets. They're saying, let's see what happens. Let's see where we're at. And if we're contending, we'll, we'll go make a move and we'll go for the luxury tax. Like, no, no. Get the uh, 90 extra games out of these guys. Like, it's crazy town. And especially, look, uh, that's even putting aside the minuscule penalty that the billionaire is paying for this, that it should just be a no-brainer to begin with. The Dodgers went over the luxury tax 15 years in a row at one point. Like, uh, it's just, on its face, it's asinine, but to to have this as your, you know, your organizational strategy, it just is so uninspiring. I mean, it's it's awful. It's like, I, I just don't understand how there's one Phillies fan out there that can see, like, oh... Awesome. So at the at the trade deadline, <laughs> like at the trade don, at deadline, we'll decide if we'll go over or not. It's like sweet, especially after last year, you made it very clear you don't care about the second wild card. Like, so, so why is that going to look? The Braves are going to be good, man. The Braves are going to be a good team. Like, there's a chance the Phillies are a really good baseball team and are looking really good at the trade deadline and are still a wild card team. Like through no fault of their own. Like, it's just frustrating. And what's even more obnoxious is that if John Middleton has a position or is in a position to make the playoffs, he's going to do what it takes. Like, I I fundamentally believe that John Middleton, if he's in a position, will go over the luxury tax and, and try to help the team make the playoffs. Like, you can't tell me that that guy, if even if it's even if it's the second wild card or he's in pole position at the wild card, that he won't go over it. But but why the why would you not go over it this offseason and help that to to make the the burden of the trade deadline even better? Yep. Except if you don't, if you don't want to spend the extra money to to make this team better and not go over the second luxury tax threshold, like it's so it's so it's so stupid. Yeah. There's nothing. There's nothing dumber than that. Smart team. Offseason. Smart teams don't do that. Like that's really what it comes down to. Smart teams don't act like this and. All we want is a smart team. It's all we ever talk about. Anyone who listens to this podcast knows we just want a smart baseball team. That's all we want here. We want a smart team that does smart things, and they don't act like it. Oh, no. I mean, I mean, they're, they're slowly getting there. Um, the driveline guys, the, the Yes, drafts. and look, I think on the, on the field level – I don't think it gets much smarter than Girardi and the staff he's put in place, whether it's Price or Dylan or whatever. Like, I think they're going to have among the better coaching staffs in baseball from a intelligence perspective, from a blending the gut and analytics perspective. All that stuff, it's just, man, the people who run this team from Middleton to McPhail to Klentak, all three of them. It, I'm sorry. Like, it feels like it's it's a a bunch of morons, like the way they're going about it. Oh, it's so weird. Like, Klintak should definitely be desperate, and he should definitely be... Right? It's almost crazy. Like, I almost I almost want to give him credit for not just saying, screw it, my job's on the line, I'm going to go nuts. But it almost feels like he doesn't have a choice. It's almost feel- This feels like a Middleton decision. 
It does. It feels like this is a John Middleton directive. That's how I view it. Yeah, I think it's a guy that said, I don't I don't really trust you with my money. And yes, I just extended you last year uh, after the Bryce Harper signing, but I'm not going to let you just spend rampant and and spend all my money. And if that hurts, that's what that's what sucks is that that is hurting the product on the field. Like, sure, we can talk ourselves into into Drew Storm and Francisco Liriano, uh, Bud Norris, like the guys they brought in on on non roster invite invitee stuff, but. And for as excited as I am to see what they can turn into, like there's clear upgrades out there. Uh, like Chris Martin was an obvious signing. Oh, uh, oh such an obvious like, signing. It was such an it was such an obvious signing. Uh, we get, said I it. Get, we said it. We said it was I, such an obvious move. I get that they've been burned in the past, but they're they're. It's almost like they're overcorrecting, which is a, which is something this this front office is just loves to do. Like if there's one thing this front office loves to do is just overcorrect in in one off season. So since that David Robertson had got hurt for the first time in his career, um, uh, like for the, like they are they are taking the 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 durable guys that have gotten hurt for the first time ever and they're overcorrecting it and saying that let's bring in I don't know thirty relief pitchers and we'll let those guys kind of figure it out from there rather than spending legit money and trying to make this bullpen definitely better than maybe better. Um, it's, 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 it's crazy how fast this, this front office is like into the overcorrecting phase of, of their plan, I guess. Yeah. And it's not what smart front offices do. No, <laughs> I mean, just facts, facts. Max no, no, they're, honestly it's, it's, like, it's, oh, and, no. and, and again, as we've alluded to, I think we both have, have, pardon the pun, relatively high hopes for this team this season from a playoffs perspective. But if nothing else, and I expect them to make the playoffs, and as the season gets closer, we'll really make our official predictions and all that stuff. But um, I expect them to make the playoffs. But if nothing else, if somehow it goes awry, the one upside, if they don't make the playoffs, that guy's gone. And I don't know. At least there's something. I still want him to make the playoffs. I still would prefer that. But... If nothing else, at least there is a, a light at the end of the tunnel from their perspective. All right, Fritz, what yeah. else you what else you got? What else do I have? Uh so <laughs> I think that uh I legitimately think that they are slowly but surely forcing their way or or forcing Gene Segura into a trade. Uh, like, Ooh, so Scott Interesting so Scott, take, I like that. So Scott Lauber not reported, but kind of speculated this week that um, that Gene Segura is going to start at third base and Scott Curry is going to start at second base. And, like, sure, I understand the idea of, oh, let's lock in Scott Curry for second base because apparently he's going to be a 400 hitter if he just plays second base every single day. But... What happens when Alec Bohm is is ready to come up? Because Alec Bohm is going to be ready to come up, whether it's May, June, whatever. Like Alec Bohm is going to be on the major league roster. Are you going to put Segura on the bench? Or are you going to put Segura in second base and Kingery in center field, and then put Adam Hazley on the bench? So it, it Gene Segura has a full no trade clause, and I kinda 
just from looking at this, it, it seems like they almost sure they're probably gonna have to eat money on a Segura trade, but it's weird. I it, it, all this reads to me is that they're gonna put Segura on the bench if if Bones ready to come up and play because they seem committed to Kingery at second base, and like Segura just Segura just gonna be on the bench, which seems crazy, but it could force force him to be like, all right, it's time to trade me. I'm ready to get out of here and all that stuff. So, well, the funny, to- the funny part too, is I actually think Segura is going to be pretty good. Like he, you know, I'm not, so I. as we've talked about a million times, I don't fall for the, the best shape of his life stuff, but I do think that when you look at, you know, obviously clearly he's in shape, like clearly he is coming in shape, but also when you look at the numbers last year, the pre-McCutcheon, post-McCutcheon, like, I do think that mattered. I do think that was something that weighed on Gene Segura's mind. And, and you know, you know my, my like, number one rallying cry when I talk about sports is that athletes are human beings. And that a lot of times, like, you know, things that, you know, you expect them to be like this robot who goes out and puts up their numbers and whatever. But, like, sometimes, like, Real life things affect these people, and it's hard for them to to perform under these circumstances. And I think this was a case where it turns out that Tagura, as he probably should, did put a lot of blame on himself for the McCutcheon injury. And I think it really kind of sent him in a tailspin, and I don't think he was ever really able to come out of it. Yeah, and listen, I don't think it was... Uh, Segura's fault. I think it was. Just Agree. Like, As we talked about it, it happens. It's baseball. It's a freak injury. A human baseball error. And it, it was just one of those things where it's like, I can't believe Andrew McCutcheon towards ACL on that. So I don't, I don't want to kill, I don't want to kill Segura. But Agree. the fact, but the fact that it seems like he cared so much about it, I think is important. And I, I, I don't, I'm not calling for Segura to be benched and traded. It's just that's kind of the feel I get. I get I get this feel that they're gonna put him on the bench after Bohm's ready to come up and say, Hey man, if you're not gonna waive your, your no trade clause, like you're just gonna sit on the bench. So would you rather play? Unless he's rather- crushing it and then, you know, I wouldn't be shocked. And again, there are a lot of factors here. Like Hazley needs to play well. If Hazley struggles and Segura crushes it, then I wouldn't be shocked if they move Kingery to center field and put Segura at second base and all that. I think they will do what is best for the team in the moment. But I do agree with you that if everyone else kind of performs up to a certain level, I think it is an interesting situation. Yeah, and and I tweeted today in my uh, take a day until opening day thread that I have going on Twitter that I think that their their best lineup in May is going to be Boma third base, Kingery at second base, and and or no no Segura at second base and Kingery in center. Yeah, that, I mean that is that. I mean in terms of just pure talent and readiness, I think maybe not from a defensive perspective, but I think that's their best lineup for sure. I I think it's I think it's definitely the best lineup. Like so no no question, right? Yeah, yeah. So that's that's exciting. Like, and it just makes so much sense. I mean, you have you have Didi at, at short, you have Segura at second, Bohm at third, Kingery at center field, and hopefully McCutcheon. I'm not totally sure McCutcheon's gonna be ready by by opening day. Um, I, I I feel like he's a little bit slow, and it, I, he's 32 coming off an ACL injury. Like I, I just think that we're we're I think most people are banking too much on him just being fine 
from opening day, I'm not 100% sold on him just being okay from day one. Like, Jay Bruce might have to start in left field on opening Which, day. Which, you know what? It's fine. Like, we've, I mean, it's funny. Like, there was a point last year where we, you know, Jay Bruce was our savior, and we forgot that Jay Bruce is, can still hit. And he's still a really solid Major League Baseball player. I, I think he's almost been kind of the forgotten guy. Uh, you know, sometimes I'll forget he's even on the roster. Um, but the point is, it is nice to have a little flexibility there. And I agree with everything we've heard about McCutcheon. It does seem like, you know, the things we're hearing are not great in terms of like thinking he's going to be ready to start the season, but I think ultimately he's going to be okay and he will contribute a lot this season, but, um, it's going to be interesting to watch regardless. It is nice to have that, that depth there. Uh, what else you got, Fritzy? What else do we need to hit here? I'm start. I'm starting. Uh, I'll be honest. I'm start, I'm, I'm. I'm tired. You starting, starting to fade? I'm, I'm starting to fade a little, man. I'm starting to fade a little. I'm here. I'm fading. All right. I will I will let you off the hook if you promise that we can do an emergency podcast on Sunday after the Well, I'm a, I'm away all weekend, so I can promise <laughs> that if nothing else, if we can't do it Sunday night, I will do it on Monday. And then we'll still do another later in the week. But, like, I can promise Monday at the worst. And I will try to do Sunday night. But I'm taking Zoe to New York for the weekend. And it's going to be a long, stressful weekend. So we'll see. But I will I, I will promise to try. Is that fair? All right. You can try. Uh, I will be here. I am, <laughs> I am very excited that Nick Pavetta is not starting on television on Saturday. Because... <laughs> I'm a little nervous. And uh, my final, final, final thought uh, is that I hope that everyone enjoys the baseball on Sunday afternoon. And I have stated many times. I don't know if I've – I probably officially stated this on my house podcast, but I'm not 100% sure. But Ed Howard is officially my guy in the draft. Yes. I've gotten – again, inside baseball – Somewhere in the neighborhood of 15 to 20 Ed Howard texts from Jack Fritz in the past month, just so people know. Ed Howard is a face of a franchise. I, <laughs> I want. Again, the draft's in June, Jack. It's in June. Dude, but here's the thing is that now that I'm so in on the draft, I followed like six Baseball America writers over the weekend, and I was watching like college tape. And I'm already in love. Dude, James, I have five guys I'm in love with it. I, I totally believe it, man. Oh, I can't stop thinking about it. Like, everyone, <laughs> I, I'm so jealous of people that get to cover that get to cover the NFL draft because they're like, oh, sweet. Like, we can pretty much do this all year round. There's always going to be content. There's, like, zilch content on the MLB draft. <laughs> yeah, I know. And it, it aches my soul. There's anyway, zilch content like when it's happening, no one knows who the people are. So I'm it with drives you. me. It drives me crazy. But but the Baseball America draft, uh, Baseball America mock draft came out this week. Um, mock draft like 2.0. And if you think I'm not all, <laughs> I'm not all over the mock draft <laughs> 2.0, then you don't know me at all. Um, but Ed Howard was projected to go 22 to the Washington Nationals. And I would just like to say that if that happens, I am personally riding down Broad Street. And the, the, the person that the Phillies had 
drafting at 15 was Patrick Bailey, who was a catcher from NC State. And they draft a freaking catcher after signing JT Realmuto to a massive extension. I'm going to lose my mind. But the good news is, James, is that Ed Howard's on the board, Cole Wilcox is on the board, and I can't wait. So it's going to be – I honestly – I might do a solo draft show by myself because I'm so excited. There's so much talent at 15. The Phillies are back. We have baseball on Sunday that's going to be on live TV. We're going to see Tom McCarthy for the first time all season. Are we going to get T-Mac and, and Crocker, or are we going to T-Mac and, and Ben Davis on Sunday after? I'm guessing Ben Davis. That's my call. You think Benny's a, a Clearwater guy? Yeah. I think Ben will be down there. You think Crocs a Clearwater guy? I think I think Crocker's just always ready to go. <laughs> I don't um, know. I think I think Ben Davis is more ready to go than Croc. Let's be real. Let's be real. For as for as excited as I am for the first crack of Scott Fransky on Saturday, I would be lying if I said I wasn't excited to see Tom McCarthy's face. Me too. I'm excited. I'm excited to see Tom pop on my TV screen. Dude, I, seventy-one I am. guys. Seventy-one. Seventy-one baseball <laughs> players. And like. 71 legit pretty okay guys. Yeah, I like it. <laughs> legit pretty. 2020 Phillies, 71 legit pretty okay guys. Listen, take that to the bank. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well done. Uh, rate and review the podcast. It means the world. And again, yeah, like help, help us grow. Help us grow. Like seriously, this is the time of year where people are starting to get back into baseball, get back into the Phillies. And, and legitimately, if you rate and review the pod, it helps people find it. Like when they search the Phillies, it pops up more. It shows up in iTunes reviews, all that type of stuff. So seriously, it really does help us. And, and we love you. So if, if you love us, uh, which we, we hope you do. Um, if rating and reviewing really does make a difference. So, so please help us out there. And, and again, more details coming. High hops night is happening. It's happening. It, it's literally in production. Or, or it, right. it is in production. So we'll have more details and specifics for that. And, um, again, as Jack said last time, we're, we're working on a few high hopes nights as well. So we'll, um, We'll have that information for you guys as soon as we do. And uh, again, all we want to do is hang out with Diops listeners. We want to meet you all. We want to hang with you all because all the ones we've met are awesome. I met one, Sean, uh, at Parks the other day. Parks is, you know, he was awesome. He came up and and just started talking to me about High Hopes. And every single time I've met a High Hopes listener, um, it's made me feel amazing because I can't believe that such awesome – cool normal people actually like what we do so um thank you keep listening keep uh helping us out with rates and reviews and and we will have information on how we can all hang out uh the multitude of times coming up soon uh so until sunday monday whenever it is uh baseball coming listen um, i can't i can't <laughs> promise i can't promise that we're not doing an emergency podcast if pavetta goes like two innings on saturday with like six <laughs> I can't. I can't promise there won't be the emergency podcast. Uh, I I can't either, but uh, but there might be, and that and that'll be a beautiful thing. So, um, again, thank you. Until then, uh, can't wait. P- please, Nick. Nick, do it for Jack. All right. Uh, yeah, actually, <laughs> do it for like, Jack. Like on the real, do it for me. All right. He's for some seltzer. We'll see you later. <laughs> <laughs>